Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Hello, my name's Dylan Blight and joining me to discuss today's Animated Wonder, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here. Okay. And also, Kira Marshall. Hey, Dylan. I'm also excited. Ash, are you okay? That was very, you know, there was no kind of wit or kind of circling comment around you. Can't you tell that I'm actually like a pig at the moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, today's movie, uh, Animated Wonder, we're talking about is called Porco Rosso, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Written by Miyazaki, main cast. I've got some complicated names here, so I'm going to apologize well in advance. Sometimes I get easy ones. That's <laughs> a good one. Suichiro Moriyama, Takio Kaito, Akimi Okamaro, Akio Atsuka, Bunchi Katsura V. It was released in 1992, and the synopsis for the film is In 1930s Italy, a veteran World War I pilot is cursed to look like an anthropomorphic. Kieran, I'm going to presume you haven't seen this before. I have not. I, I have not either, so that's all three of us. What are your thoughts on Porco Rosso? This is some Miyazaki shit back at its good levels again. Let's let's go. We're back in back in the comfort spot in the nice. You know, weird kind of magical elements, but at the same time, kind of normal, but at the same time, sky pirates. We're, we're back at home, everybody. It's fine. We're okay. So what you're saying is you liked the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. It was good. It was a very enjoyable movie. Um, I really liked how the narrative um, kind of, it didn't feel the need to stuff the he's been turned into a pig down our throat so much. Like it wasn't like a very major plot point that was kind of forced throughout the whole narrative it was kind of hinted at throughout and i wouldn't say it's a plot point but it's very they talk about it a lot to the point that he will literally be like these laws don't apply to me because i'm a pig like it's yeah. a- <laughs> but it isn't like the story it doesn't revolve around him turning back it isn't about him wanting to be human again or any of that it just kind of that's just there and it's just kind of a norm that you're supposed to accept throughout the whole thing um I enjoyed it. I think it was fun. It definitely shows that, you know, Miyazaki has a, a soft spot for, like, flying machines, as we've you see it multiple times throughout it with all these wacky and different designs. Um, I, I appreciate his point of view or his interpretation of, his like, historical periods of time um, throughout, you know, and altering them and changing them to fit his narratives. Ash? Yeah, I had a great time. I, I'm just thinking in my head whether this is my favorite one we've watched so far. And Holy it, it's moly. probably pretty. Yeah, I think so far, I think it's my favorite one that we've watched. Um, it's just a fun adventure. It's probably got the most solid plot of the <laughs> Ghibli films we've seen so far. Um, and and I love enjoyed all the characters, all, all the little set pieces, uh, the fighting, dog fighting, the playing. You know the passion that all the people have for the different things that they do. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great time. It's a really good time. 
Do you think it actually has a plot, though? Like, what is the plot? You have the bounty hunter. You have the bounty hunter Porco Rosso, who gets paid to thwart sky pirates until one day the sky pirates make a federation to take down the Porco Rosso bounty hunter. They employ this American. The American um, sabotages or attacks Porco Rosso, even though he was trying to go on vacation and just take some time off. Um, He then goes on to rebuild his plane and rebuild himself up and then not even rebuild himself up he's confident the entire way through but um i guess more accepting of who he is and and accepting the world he's in now and the changes that it's made and then he comes back and then he he beats the guy even though their guns jammed and they had to turn it into a fist fight and then they uh they they flew off into the distance to you know save the day I mean, you just explain I mean, the it's, story. It's not the okay. I'll admit <laughs> it's the mo- it's not like a it's not like a elevator pitch movie. No, it's not definitely like, not. But it, I think, of the Miyazaki film so far, it's got the most normal or average plot. Like it's got the more- most point A to B plot where there yes. is a story and a progression to that story of what yes. we've seen so far. Sure. Um. <laughs> Fine. Okay. I, sorry, wow. I, I, I just say, I I just I I think it has as much sort of I I, I think it's mainly a, and like there isn't much to it like events just kind of happen like in these other movies kind of thing I I feel like it's got as much linking its scenes together as a lot of the previous ones we've watched I, like I, it's not like he sets out at the start on an adventure he he literally something happens and then reaction something else happens it's not like the start of the movie is literally the first 15, 20 minutes is just nothing to do with the rest of the movie, you know? But it's just a thing that happens, and then there's a scene in a bar, and that's something that's happening. Like, literally half of the movie is just stuff that's happening. The the, the main plot that you talk about of the movie of him, like, rebuilding and going to fight the dude, that doesn't, like, even start kicking into gear, like, halfway through the movie, you know? So... That's what I'm saying. I, I well, think I'm not saying it's a bad thing. When you're comparing just, it to my, ne- my neighbor Totoro, which is a bunch of smaller events that happen that seemingly have no connection to each other, it looks impre- it looks more comp- uh, like fluid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's my my favorite though. Um, I think it's it's. The way it kind of handles the fact that he, <laughs> I find it interesting the way it, like the story's built around like being like well, he's a pig and like we're, we're setting this in like a semi-realistic world yet everyone's just like you got turned into a pig that's weird eh like <laughs> like that's just something we'll yeah. deal with um I think it's wow you piggish Dylan yeah I know right I'm piggish damn right um, uh, maybe maybe uh so diving into the kind of thematic breakdown point section here so obviously i think world war one because like i'm pretty sure this is set between world war one and it's two, 1930s right? so yeah. it's yeah it's exactly especially with the design of the planes overall and the events yeah. they're describing is definitely world war one um and then it's going into world war two in that kind of period in between yeah, so that. it seems like he was in world war one definitely he's all all his friends died and now he's like living this bounty hunter life in the the period shortly after, but before the war kicks back up in next what ten years, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Miyazaki has a, a thing, obviously, for these war periods. But I would say that also, once again, I wouldn't say the movie's outwardly, like, anti-war, but I would say it has anti-war sentiments to yeah. it, especially with the the scene where you see his friends all dying and then he's the the he sort of has a um survivor's guilt i think built into him as a character type thing that's the way he kind of gets around yeah no care attitude i like that the fact that his character isn't a goody two shoes or or like your lawful good character he isn't like completely just good to a point doing the right thing all the time he doesn't you know there's that moment where they attack the cruise ship the air pirates attack the cruise ship he he doesn't hear about it and immediately rush off to go and save anybody he just hears about it and there is and then he's like well not my problem i'm going on vacation i'm going off like he didn't he isn't like kind of he's not a hero he's a bouncer well even at the start he doesn't leave to save that those children until he knows he's getting paid and like yeah, I'm and pretty the- sure he took all that money for himself as well, from that he took from the the empires that they stole. Yeah, I think so. He just took saved half- the children, and then yeah, and, and got paid for that, and then took half the money off the pirates as well and yeah. pocketed it. Um, yeah. So I think as a character, like this time to other things, I think it's I think he's <laughs> sort of on the nose, written as he is a pig that is written as a pig, sort of. Like, and I mean, like, you know, when you call someone a pig, like, and I especially think this comes down to the way he talks about and treats the, the women somewhat in it. Like his views is weird. Cause I wrote down as one of my dot points, feminism, but it, it, if you can, especially compared to like when we talked about, um, Kiki's delivery service, like where that was like more outwardly trying to, you know, like breaking the roles and having the, the, mm. the female as the, the starring, the protagonist and that makes more sense. It's weird if you view this movie and you watch it, you'd be like, how is this? Like, he's literally like, you can't fly the plane. <laughs> like, you're a girl. Go back to school. And then also you'd be like, oh, that's a beautiful lady. Like, and you know, like sort of like eyeing off and all this sort of stuff. But at the same time, I think he's purposely written that way. Cause like yeah. to be a sort then, of pig headed character. Because then you can show the growth of him coming to accept And his it. opinion changes pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, not quickly, but like you can see his character developing and changing as like when he's seeing that everybody working on his plane is a woman, that that there was no men working on it, how his, um, his relationship with Theo growing to be something more of respect and of, equal, like not equality isn't the right word, but having some kind of mutual respect there rather than just being like, you're a girl, like just... Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those interesting things where it is like when you kind of step back and look at it, all of the female characters in this movie are like the most important and like strong willed and whatever. Um, but if you just judge it based solely off the dialogue, you're like, well, this is a rather sexist movie or, you know, like or something like that. But it's like, well, it's not. It's like that the character, I believe, is written that way on purpose to kind of draw draw a point to something. Then also he's like completely oblivious and like the two strongest characters in his life, um, two p- people in his life is obviously um, the the woman Gina. he's in love with, Gina. Is it Gina? Gina? Yeah. Yeah, um, Gina and Theo. You know, she's she's this really strong thing, but he's too pig-headed to even notice, you know, <laughs> literally kind of what's no, in front I of him. I think in hindsight, once you get to the, obviously it's revealed later that 
she was the first she was she married his best friend that obviously there's a bit of like awkwardness about having those sort of feelings i would think uh to your best friend to die during the war to swoop in and, and take his woman you know? even when they show the scene of him of those two flying together um there was definitely something there and obviously something there prior to her marrying his best friend and then of course circumstances and they're never explained but circumstances led to her being in love with him but marrying his best friend and then him being having that respect for her and stuff but them always being in each other's lives anyway yeah there's a weird amount of ambiguity um left in this movie considering like when you look at it on surface level but then when you kind of like start laying out all the breadcrumbs you're like well this wasn't answered or this wasn't answered and you know this wasn't talked about again and even the ending in a whole is very um super where'd he go <laughs> like what happened but it doesn't really yeah. matter for he- for that question where'd he go for me that makes me think that um Theo saying that she never saw Porco again was that Porco Rosso was the pig form of that character and when he returned as a human she didn't she only saw him as this like almost differentiating the two characters the same character in two different instances i mean that's a meta very meta way to, to it's, take that it's a meta I mean, way it's to think possible. But then it connects into why she goes um the last line of the movie is did gina win the bet well that's our secret um kind of implies that she knows a little bit more there about it so why would he have turned back then what what was the what do we think i think why do you think he turned into a pig to start off with like i think it's guilt from surviving i thought well i thought it was either survivor's guilt or it's because he deserted after during the war and that's why he turned to a pig Mm, i guess and that's again why because i I think he turned into a pig right there too yeah yeah and even then you have stuff like um you know him turning back into a pig could be as we've talked about his revela- his full circle coming to his realization about you know his opinions on feminism and and how he sees the rest of the world having that moment with him and Theo of um of that respect and him putting her before himself and everything i think that is the moment that changes it i think the odd moment out of all of it is the section where he turns in where he's human for like a split second in front of um Theo when she's like half asleep. Um yeah, that's, that's kind of maybe that's the thing. I was, you know, I was trying to pinpoint that because I'm like, there's obviously something really important there. And if I could figure out what it is, that might <laughs> answer a lot of things. But it's like if you could pinpoint like A, is she only seeing him that way because of how she feels towards him? And that could be important. Or B did he actually transform back into a human for real during that moment because of how he was feeling? And if you could figure out then how he was feeling in that moment, then that could kind of answer to how he would have to fully feel by the end of the film to fully transform back. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I yeah. don't really, I can't work it out like what he would be going through in that moment. Cause I always thought, yeah, I, I, straight away, as soon as you see the scene where um, uh, all these uh, friends die and then he's, like obviously survives straight away i'm like okay like survivor's guilt this type of thing is what causes him to turn into a pig but i'm like well what in that moment would have him feeling some sort of clarity towards that that he turns back for a moment until she interrupts him you know 
I don't really know. Maybe purpose. Like he didn't Maybe. have much purpose after the war or whatever. Um, and then in that moment, obviously, he has the purpose of winning the bet because see, otherwise, Theo's going to get married to the dude. Uh, and then at the end, I believe as well, Curtis asked as they're about to fly away uh, to lead the Italian armed forces away at the end of the movie. Uh, Curtis asked Porco to turn around because he thinks he's seen his face well, as well. Yeah, so. that's well, that's so the thing. I think Porco. I think at that point Porco had transformed back, like was back to being human. Um, and Curtis was just trying to. Curtis was playing the um, the role of the audience, where it was like trying to see if that was the case mm-hmm. um, for it. So I guess you could you could be right though. Actually, now that I think about it, hmm? yeah, movies interesting. Movies like did. some. M. Night Shyamalan twisties. Is it, wasn't there also like a photo during some time in the movie where there's like a the, fleet of pig soldiers? No. Pig, no. They showed his fleet and his, I presume he himself had like sort of crossed, wrote, himself, crossed out. himself out because he didn't want to see his original face and he wanted her to take the photo down but she's like, no, it's only one we have of you when you're human so we're keeping it. Can't get rid of it. Yeah. But no, he's the only pig that you see in the whole movie. Just him. But that's what I'm saying. It's kind of funny how it's they just make it work within the universe where everyone's just like, yeah, he got turned into a pig. <laughs> it happens, I guess, <laughs> to people. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just a thing that happens in Miyazaki's movies where, well, not as a whole, but for the ones we've seen so far is there is these magical um, features or abilities that appear throughout the movies he allows it so that the the rest of the, the um, people in the world aren't acting like it, they're seeing it for the first time. They just act like it's a normal part of their world, which yeah. changes how the audience views it and how the audience interacts with the. Um, with well, that, it yeah, that's just that's just told. just a storytelling thing. It's like if you have everyone in the world act like it's normal, then you'll accept it as normal. You know, like it's how the audience perceives stuff. I guess. Um, let's go on to favorite character scene. Let's start with you, Ash. What what, what are you picking? What's your favorite I mean, character moment and why? I mean, Theo is pretty great. I think, um, as obviously a young woman wanting to design this plane and like putting herself in danger and putting herself at risk constantly throughout the movie in the service of helping other people, I guess. I, I think she's great. And I, I love the opening of this film with the little like kidnapped girls. I think that that's a funny <laughs> sequence. <laughs> it was quite funny. This movie is quite funny more trouble in than they're worth. Yeah, yeah. And again, the, the, I feel like the design is a of those girls is like a pretty common within a Miyazaki film. I think I I can't pinpoint exactly who they look like, or, but I feel like I've seen them before. Even now, this is the second time, and I think with my other references of Miyazaki, it's a very common trait for Miyazaki movies to have these kind of pirate type characters that aren't as evil or as bad as you they would like you to think they are. They often, you know, towards the latter parts of the movies, kind of break down and become more goofball characters like they do with Theo in the later parts of the movie. Yeah. What's your pick, uh, character? In- I, like, I like Porco a lot. I, I think I appreciate him as a character a lot. Um, and I, I, I like that... 
Miyazaki allows his main characters to be flawed and to be not your traditional cookie-cutter kind of protagonists that happen in a lot of TV shows and movies. Um, I think my favorite moment is him returning um, to uh, Gina after having his plane repaired, just having that moment of her Showing discussing... Off for a second. <laughs> part, hold on for a, for a second. Just doing yeah. some flips and that to yeah, show that he's back. Yeah, just doing flips and stuff to, <laughs> that he's back. And, and it's it's almost like he... Part of him already knows about what Gina's talking about at that moment where she's talking about the bet she has with herself that she sits there every day and waits for this person to come so she can tell him that she loves him. Um, and him just to show off and still not land. Like there was at that moment where he did the first couple circles of that island where you were like, oh, is he going to land? Is he going to turn up? And she's going to tell him. And it wasn't. It was just him. He just shows off a little bit and then pieces out straight away just to kind of it's just like his own calling card or just a nod from him that I really enjoyed and I really liked. Um, I, I'm not cheating here, but I just want to give a quick shout out to before picking my character moment. I love the way that the movie opened. I just want to quickly mention the, the, like the slide across, uh, what would you call it? Like, the, Oh, the, like the typewriter. The yes. typewriter. Type no, no, like a telegram really, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. And the fact it's Old written school, yeah. in, um, like In five, six different languages. languages. That yeah, was cool. That was cool, I thought. And it's like seeing the thing, it's like, because it says like Crimson Pig, but then it says like Porco Rosso, because it's like Crimson Pig is Porco Rosso in um, Italian, Italian or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm like just seeing it all laid out as it comes across. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, Even yeah. just to, to, to hitchhike on top of that point for a second, Feel I appreciate that to hitchhike. it was just <laughs> uh, um, the fact that it was set in Italy. And yes, for us watching, we're listening in Japanese and it's in Japanese and whatever. Hmm. Um, Still to have Gina's song in Italian, I thought was a very good point or just a small little thing to make in that world there is to, to mm. have that Italian music well, kind looks, of sing through. Um, other than the fact that I was speaking Japanese, but I mean, if we watched it in English, it still wouldn't make sense because yes. they would be speaking English. So it's like, unless yeah, you're watching exactly. it in Italian, then you're not going to get the full thing, I guess. But well, maybe uh, that's what they've done. Yeah. Sure they've done <laughs> was there Italian play. subtitles? Um, that Italian dub? Um, but, you know, the, the design of everything looked and fitted the uh, setting, though. Like, it didn't look like it was set in Japan, like on some random islands out there, you know. Like, it didn't look like random islands out of Kiki, like, sort of thing. Like, the, the yeah. town and city and everything didn't look... It, it worked. So, even though it was in Japanese, having the thing, like, the song and every, all the characters and whatever else, it, it, everything pulled it together. Um, I'll say favourite character... Yeah, I, I'm going to say Porco, obviously, because I just think he was quite interesting and I, I still don't think I quite understand him fully as a character but that's kind of what makes the, the movie interesting and uh, you could rewatch it again and possibly come back and we could be like oh but this moment this thing like maybe this is what it means and you know I, I find it interesting that there's so much layer to this movie which at first when you watch the opening sequence you're like this is a comedy but then like by the time you get to the end of it you're like I'm trying to break down scenes like it's a fucking you know like a Francis Ford Coppola apocalyptic Apocalypse yeah. now, it's fucking Borgo Rosso, you know what I mean? So um but my my and my favorite moment has to be the um I think the most beautiful shot in the movie is when all these friends are disappearing into I guess plane heaven. Like that one shot of just all those planes up there in the sky. Like each one like 
stood out on its own. Like you can kind of pause there and there's just so many different types of planes. They're just like all designed closely in that, in, in that one mix and like seeing them all float up. And that moment is like probably the most, it's weird to say, cause of course the whole movie revolves around someone being turned into a pig. Yet I would say that moment was like the most fantastical like spiritual obviously scene of it because it's like mm. it opens up a lot of questions like was he kind of in this sort of limbo zone yeah, here limbo. where he was neither dead or alive and then he obviously goes back down and potentially then comes out the survivor's guilt and he turns into a pig or does he just come straight back down and turn into a pig but either way that th- that shot i think is like the best if i had to pick one freeze frame it's it would be that shot of all the all the planes even just from the start of that scene when he first breaks above the clouds and you can see that line of the vapor trail going across it it at first it looks like stars or something you can't quite make out what it is until until you realize until they get closer and they show you that it's you know it's hundreds and hundreds of planes it's um it's really nice and it makes when they show the same shot a couple of seconds later of the the more zoomed out bit where you can now actually start making out planes and and seeing the significance of that shot, that it's quite impactful. Yeah, sure. Uh, Any final thoughts or things anyone's thought of before we wrap this episode up? No? Alrighty, so that is animated number number six Porco Rosso make sure you let us know on Twitter what you thought of the film you can find all of our Twitters including Explosion Network's Twitter over at explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter next week's film is Ocean Waves so make sure you watch that one before we talk about it on next week's episode and until then bye